Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Today, we are going to talk about the fruit of patience. Now, I, I pause there uh, because uh, this, this is going to be a very real life devotional today. In real time. In real time <laughs> as we're working through, even in our spirits, even now, asking the Lord to have his spirit work through us. So you're going to get an illustration today. Um, of how the Lord worked through us that we may be able to first relay clearly what you have to say, but then also that we may also demonstrate your patience and not ours. So Second Peter chapter three and verses eight and nine. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I'm going to read that in another translation. I got it. Claire, you got it? What you got? Easy to read, right? Yeah, okay. So Second Peter 3, 8 through 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the easy to read version. It says, but don't forget this one thing, dear friends. To the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not being slow in doing what he promised, the way some people understand slowness. But God is being patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He wants everyone to change their ways and stop sinning. Okay, so it gives it a little more depth there. All right. So this particular scripture, I believe, um, does a great job of putting God's patience in perspective in the two ways that we'd like to talk about them today. Okay. so when you think about patience, we think about waiting. We think about you you may think of a person who is very poised, very calm, not easily rattled. I don't know if you ever watched that show Boiling Points. Remember that show Boiling (laughs) Points back in the day? And what I think it was, was that MTV, MTV. on VH1 MTV, MTV, right? That was one of my favorite shows because I used to think that I was going to be the, I was going to win every time. Uh, but there are certain situations that uh, happen where all of our thermometers explode and, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're losing it and we're, we're just out of character. But with God's patience, it's, it's amazing to understand God's patience in the fact that God already knows everything. And I want you to think about this and think about it in, from your own frame of reference, right? God already knows everything. God knows everything before it happens. Uh, God knows what you're going to do. God knows when you apologize to him or you say you're not going to do it. And he knows that you're going to do it again. He knows that. God is not surprised by anything. He's holy. He's just, meaning he always does what's right. It may not seem fair to us all the time, but he always does what's right. God's perspective is so much higher than us, right? So in light of all of that knowledge, how much patience 
by definition, patience is the ability to tolerate or forbear or and then you have a, a, another definition. But your ability to wait, your ability to suffer um, in, in circumstances without losing your cool, your ability to endure things. So from God's perspective, and I really want to bring this home, how much patience do you think God actually has or has to have to be God, to be merciful, to be loving, to keep the world going the way it is, to have sent his own son to die for us when the whole world has not accepted him, to be insulted every day, to be disobeyed, to be half listened to. And just think about it like that. How much patience does God actually have? The reason why we were (laughs) talking about this, it was like we said this all the time. God uses our beautiful children, (laughs) our beautiful, lovely children to teach us how God he is. So as we said before, we had, you know, we had um, come back home late last night and preparing and and trying to meditate on focus on trying to just do the routine to get everything together. And um, this morning was quite a tumultuous morning. Granted, they might have been tired or whatever, and that's fine. We can understand that. We were all tired. But there's something about repeating yourself over and over and over again, just trying to relay this message and trying to help them become respectable people, loving people, kind people, people that understand boundaries, people that understand that it's not about you all the time. It's people who are unselfish and trying to help nurture that seed that's in the children can be a very difficult and daunting and sometimes discouraging task. And most of all, it is a relentless task because everything in the world, everything in society fights that. It's easier to do the wrong thing than it is to do the right thing for everybody, us included. It's much easier to just do what you feel to do. But the Bible tells us that he does not punish us as our sins deserve because he remembers our frame. Frame. Now, what that means is he remembers that you are human and he keeps it in the foreground of his interactions with us. This scripture brings out two things I thought was was really interesting. The first thing is the one day with God is a thousand years, right? A thousand years is one day to God. People kind of look at it almost like the way God measures time. But one of the most important factors that bring patience into a concept for us is the whole idea of time. The whole, whole idea of seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years, seasons, all of that, that perspective is ours, not necessarily God's. I think that's very important to see because once we zoom out, you're going to start to see what patience really is to God. So God created us in this world and gave us time. Time is nothing but a measurement of change. Time is a measurement to us. It me- we measure age. We measure success. We measure different aspects. We measure how old we are. We measure seasons. How long this season is going to be? Well, there's a time. There's three months and then there's another season. There's four seasons. Depending on where you live, there's two seasons. Depending on where you live, there's no seasons. But time was created by God to give us a lesson to try to show us what eternity really looks like or the magnitude of eternity. So in order for us to understand an eternal God, God put us in time. But because God put us in time doesn't mean that God is limited to time. Right. So we grew up and we, we, we're hearing things like he's an on time God. Yes, he is. 
God is never late. He's always on time. And I was thinking about that. And I said, okay, uh, but I've experienced what I would say, God being late. <laughs> and I don't know if y'all want to be real or relate to that, but there are some situations where I'm like, God on time to me means that I won't have to take advantage of the grace period. On time to me means, Lord, that, you know, I won't lose my house. Or I won't lose the car or my family member will get healed or or this will happen. And when you put it in a reality, saying that God is always on time, uh, it really depends on your understanding of what time is. So the first aspect of patience and when we talk about it from God's perspective speaks to God's relationship or the lack of of a relationship with time and the concept of time, right? God sits outside of time. So everything that God does to him is already done, but it manifests to us in our time. So that's why, you know, praying is so important and just trusting God's process in our lives is so important because to trust and to understand or to fight the temptation of trying to bring God into our world rather than us trying to bring ourselves up to God's world. The Bible says that we are in this world, but not of this world. We operate on a different level. Once you give your life to the Lord and the Lord uh, becomes a part of your life, he now begins to give you his characteristics and his way of seeing things. So rather than looking at things as being late or delayed, we're looking at them as Lord, I'm trusting you that when it's time for me to get this, when it's time for this to open up, when it's time for this to happen, I will know that this is the right time for it to have happened. Way easier said than done. So the concept of time, that scripture, it's not necessarily saying that one day equals a thousand years to God. Right. What it's really saying is whether it's one day or a thousand years, it's all the same to God. God is never subject to time as we know it. Delay is a human concept. Delay is from our perspective. The, the Bible says the trying of our faith works patience. Trying of your faith in what regard? Trying of your faith in trusting that whatever situation you're in, if you lean on God, that's going to work patience out in you so that you can now exchange your idea of patience for God's. That if I'm trusting God, then I know that God is in control. And that reminds me of the beginning of these sessions, we did a discussion mm -hmm. on yep. patience and that scripture in James that, that says, let patience mm. have her perfect work yeah. so that you're left not wanting. Mm -hmm. And basically that means so that you're left perfected. So that means whatever is in you that would cause you to be impatient needs to be worked out so that in turn, by the time you're done with whatever is demanding patience of you, it can produce that perfect work inside of you. Mm -hmm. So it's not for naught. And this is not something just to sort of torture us, right. so to speak. I, you know, I know a lot of times when we think of patience and long suffering, because, you know, I know you're using the word patience mm -hmm. and in, at times it can be interchangeable, but I think there is a difference in a, a distinguishing between patience and long suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's a slight difference, but, you know, in regard to the scripture that, that talks about patience, you know, it's, it's not something that God is doing or allowing just to cause us to be upset or, or, or yeah. to squirm and to yeah. see how long we can take it. Like how long can you stay in the hot water or 
just to get us miserable. No, there, there's something that needs to be produced and there's a perfect work mm. that needs to take place inside of all of us. You, me, all of us. So in dealing with whatever would demand patience of us, just keeping in mind that there's a perfect work that needs to take place that, you know, needs to be produced, not only for us, mm -hmm. but for other people to experience. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it just reminded me of, uh, you know, when we talked about patients months back. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely one of, the, one of the things that we focus on. And it's so true. So this whole idea of patience, as you said, it's multidimensional, right? So first we talked about the concept of time, right? So the waiting, and that's where the pressure cooker feeling comes from, because time is, 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 is the measuring of the fruit of your patient, right? So, so if I wait, how much longer till I see a result? How much longer will I be until I'm appeased, until this problem is solved, until the kids listen, until, you know, the, 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 this breakthrough happens? And the anxiety that is built up in us, the pressure is coming from our concept of time and our idea of God's relationship with time. So what's liberating about that is the fact that if we can allow the Holy Spirit to work through us and to allow us to be in tune with God's timing and less ours, then we'll have more peace. So the other aspect of it, which is the ninth verse is the fact that the Bible tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slack is, but is long suffering towards us. Mm. So as you said, babe, that, that word patience has an interplay from God's perspective. It means forbearance. It means tolerance. It means God's ability to suffer long with the inconvenience that we can present. And this is where the whole parenting thing comes in, right? Oh, so I know God. many of us... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so I know many of us have uh, may have children and can can attest to um, the, the the hard work that parenting is. It's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing that that God has given us the <laughs> the opportunity to do. Being able to parent another life, basically, what that means is God trusts us to raise someone else to get to know Him to help change the world. Through him, God allows people and gives them grace and gives them strength and provides for them and allows them to overcome certain things in their own life so that they now can produce children that reflect his glory in the world. But we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So there are going to be aspects of us that's in those kids that's not regenerated yet. There's going to be aspects of us that we're struggling with that our kids will remind us that we're still struggling with them. Right. So if we had, you know, a talk back spirit, guess what our kids are going to have? Oh, yes. They're going to have a talk back. If we had a smart mouth <laughs> spirit, guess what kind of spirit our kids are going to have? Oh, God. And many of us, it's funny, oftentimes we may talk to our parents who raised us and now they see our children and there's a lot of laughter going on. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of laughter. The grandparents laugh and say, ha, ha, ha. See, because all the things that you put me through now, you're dealing with the same thing. Now, this is the difference about that. Right. For us, we are forced to have patience and long suffering towards our children because we can see that we were them. And some of the same crazy stuff that we said to our parents out of our mouths that we live to say, live to tell about, <laughs> our kids will try the same thing on us. And the calling for us is, don't you think you should have patience? Why? Because you did the same thing. 
you did the same thing. Now, this is the difference between God and us. God is not a man. God is a spirit. God has never sinned. God created all of us in his image and likeness, and he gave us free will. And our free will works against God every single second of the day. God is so holy and so perfect, yet so loving that he does not punish us like we deserve. Matter of fact, God is so gracious that a lot of us have gotten away with a lot of stuff. And it's almost tempting to feel like maybe God didn't see it. <laughs> you, you just think about that. How many times I, you know, um, it was earlier this week, Noah was doing something and I was sitting at the island eating and I sensed him try to sneak past me. Mm-hmm. Right. And for that moment, I said, I don't know what he was doing. I think he was because he's a jokester anyway. So he was probably trying to do a prank or something. But anyway, I sensed him walk past. And in my mind, I was like, am I going to check him to let him know that I see him or am I going to let it slide? And I thought about that, and I thought about my relationship with the Lord. And I'm like, man, the many times that I just felt like I got away, but understanding that God knows. You talking about the fact that, you know, you used the example with Noah, and, you know, you thought if you were going to check him. Mm-hmm. And then you said how God doesn't always nip it right in the bud, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. he takes time. That's, that's what long-suffering is. In this scripture, in Galatians 5.22, when long-suffering is listed, that's essentially what it's talking about. It's talking about not being quick to express anger. I was going to read the actual definition. It mm-hmm. says, waiting sufficient time before expressing anger. Mm. This avoids the premature use of force, retribution that rises out of improper anger, a personal reaction. So again, yeah. we're, we're talking because you reference God a lot in, in these sessions and we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. We've gone through weeks of talking about God's attributes and we're still referencing the fact that these characteristics are coming from God, but that they should be seen in and through us. Yes. So this, you know, just not to get it twisted that, you know, we're talking about God and this is, we kind of remove ourselves from this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, well, this ain't got nothing to do with us because you keep talking about God. Mm-hmm. No, this is still talking about us. It's very much so talking yeah, about this, us. Yeah. Th- th- these qualities that we're, we're talking about are things that should be seen in us. And reading that definition... I had to go, wow, God, I'm extremely guilty of this because, you know, especially depending on your demeanor or your makeup, it's very easy to pop off right away and be like, nah, oh, yeah. we're going to nip this in the bud right here and now because mm-hmm. we're not going to keep. But that's not what God is requiring with long suffering. It says, avoid premature use of force that rises out of improper anger, a personal reaction. So my reaction naturally is to pop off right away. Mm-hmm. But God's reaction is to be long suffering and to wait, wait it out. Don't be as quick to express what naturally. And sometimes in some situations is justified. justified. Yes. When I looked up the actual definition of long suffering. Yeah. And that's why I was saying like it can, it's interchangeable patience and long suffering, mm-hmm. but there is, there is a differentiation between the two, you know, it's minor, but the definition is having or showing patience in spite of troubles, especially 
those caused by other people. Mm, stuff you're not responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. And that, see, the, the, with patience, the definition of patience is to be able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. So that's not necessarily saying that it's an outside force that's causing it. I mean, of course, you're, you're waiting on something else. Yeah. And, but it's, it's something for your benefit. Right. Yeah. When you're long suffering, there's nothing saying that what, what you're going to get out of it is going to be beneficial to you. So you're just enduring something that's being done to you. Mm-hmm. Or, but sometimes it's also, you know, if you're long suffering with someone, there might be a value in a relationship with them. So, True. so you're, you're enduring, it's similar to parenting, right? So, um, you, you endure the stages that your child goes through and all that in hopes that, you know, as they mature, a relationship will be solidified between, right. between the two. But, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That, that distinguishing factor between patience and long suffering that that whole relationship with our interactions with others and then suffering through things that you may not have been responsible for right. but it still affects you right that that takes god to do so there was other aspects of of this whole idea of long suffering patience tolerance there's another word that came up in our definition search which is forbearance now i don't know if anybody here probably can relate to having student loans have to go in forbearance because, you know, the money just ain't right. So I looked up the definition of forbearance and I think that was a good example of it. It basically means a refraining from the enforcement of something such as a debt, right, or obligation that is due. In other words, this is the quality of forbearing is also likened to leniency, right? So we got these loans. We took them out so that we can better ourselves and get an education. Once we get out, all of a sudden the loans are due, but you don't got a job yet. So you got to figure stuff out. So you have some choices. You can go into default where you can just basically say, I ain't paying this. Or you can request forbearance, which basically means don't enforce my need to pay back this debt so readily. Refrain from that so that I can get myself together. Mm. Now, this is God doing this, right? So the many times that we have made promises to God, right? Lord, if you deliver me from this, God, if you help me out in this situation, please, God, please help me out. Bear with me, Lord. Bear with me. Lord knows my heart. Lord, bear with me. So you get that forbearance agreement from God. And God says, okay, you know what? I'm not going to enforce it right now uh, because you came to me. But there's still a debt. There's There's still a debt that we have and we owe to God. And the debt is a commitment to love him, a commitment to live for him, a commitment to be faithful to him. And when we say faithful to God, that means in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in what you look at and what you say, in your relationships, faithfulness to that level. The faithfulness that God has towards us is only right for us to try to aim for that faithfulness towards God that we've been received. But God knows that we can't do that. So guess what he does? God empowers us to be faithful to him. So he helps us to be faithful to him with little reminders. Yeah, you shouldn't do that right now. No, maybe you shouldn't say that. No, no, no. Did you talk to me today? God extends the grace to maintain a relationship with him. And who's suffering the most is God. 
God is suffering the most because we break our promises. God never does. And this verse tells us very clearly, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. What that mean? That means when God promises something, you can take it to the bank. He's not trying to weasel out of it. He's not trying to just see how, just just see if you forget. You know how we do sometimes. I was just about to say, like, you know, sometimes you with the kids, we say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to yeah. go yeah. bike riding. Yeah. We'll, we'll go out for a ride. You say it 10 o'clock in the morning and then the day happens and you're like, yeah. I really don't feel like going. Yeah, yeah. You, you just got, so you just you got just tired. Keep waiting just... and waiting. <laughs> and three o'clock comes around and you, you're looking at the clock like I told them, let's see if they remember. Yeah. Oh, they remember. And then four o'clock comes. They don't say nothing. <laughs> but. You know, you, you, you don't remind them because, mm-hmm. but I think we, we look at God that way. Like, okay, God, you told me this when I was 16 mm-hmm. and I'm now 32 and there's really no sign of it. Are you just trying to see if I remember? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's real. Like, yeah. wh- where's the promise at? But like you said in the beginning, there's a reason and he has a specific plan. Right. So receiving something out of his will and out of his timing and when he set it up, it's not gonna be will throw, and it'll throw everything else off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he really is not slack. He's not just sitting waiting to see how long we can go before we remind him of what he promised. Yeah. Yeah. And if we look at God from our clock and from our time, our perspective of God is going to be all wrong. We're not going to see a merciful God. We're not going to see a gracious God. We're not going to see a God that's in control. We're going to see a God that never, that always makes me wait till the deadline. We're going to see a God that always takes away things. God that always, and that's not the right way to look at God. The proper way to look at God is from an eternal perspective, which we can't understand unless he allows us and empowers us to see it that way. So verse nine says, the Lord is not being slow in doing what he's promised. The way some people understand slowness, but God is being patient with us. And this is the, this is the heart of God's patience right here. He does not want anyone to be lost. And that's anyone. That's the worst of us. That's the best of us. But he wants everyone to change their ways and stop sinning. In other words, he wants everyone to come into a loving fellowship with him. He wants the whole world to have a relationship with him. Mm. That's past, present, future. That's people who were born, people who have died, people who are going to be born. He wants a relationship with every single one. So what he does is he waits and he forbears and he suffers long and he tolerates and he waits and the cycle continues. But then what he does while he's waiting is he draws closer. He allows certain people to come into your life. He allows relationships to happen. He allows bad things to happen. That's going to cause you to turn to him so he can let you know he's always been there. God is a master teacher and there's no one that loves you more than God. It's fervent love. It's passionate love. It's relentless love. And sometimes crazy love, scary love, the depth and the length and how far God will go just so that we can have a relationship with him. This is where the heart of his patience and his long suffering sits at. So he doesn't want anyone to be lost, but he wants everyone to come into an understanding and a knowledge of his love for them. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you you for meeting us yet again for another 
session, another time to come around the table and feast off your word, God. Lord, we thank you for the perspectives that you've given us on the fruit that we should be bearing, God, and how the fruit comes from you, God. This is not our own doing. This is you, your spirit working in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, Lord, as we are meditating and we are discussing the fruit that come from you, God, we pray, God, that your spirit would be found more in us to cultivate the seeds that have been planted so that they may bear fruit. Lord, we want our lives to bear fruit, fruit that comes from you, God. We don't need the fruit of the flesh. We need fruit that comes from you, from your spirit. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit would be found in us, less of us and more of you until all that's left is you, God. Lord, we want every fruit to be evident in our life, God. Lord, we want love. We want peace. We want joy. We want long suffering and patience to be produced in us so that we may be left wanting nothing. We may be perfect, meet every need financially I pray that you would touch bodies, keep us divinely healed. I pray that you would keep our spirit in line and in tune with you, God. Just be with us. Walk this life out with us day by day, God. Mm. Reminding us that you're with us every step of the way. We thank you and we praise you now. In Jesus' name, amen.